Who knows? Maybe you were born for a moment such as this. It was April 15, 1947, when the Brooklyn Dodgers took the field at the very beginning of the season, except this, what, this day was a little bit different because there was, there was a, a different team taking the field because they had an African-American man who was a part of the team. Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier on that day. And he took the field, and, and, and never before in Brooklyn Dodger history, never before in Major League Baseball history, had they had an integrated team. And of course, that was, that was a scandalous act. It's something we take for granted. Our, our sports teams and our schools and our restaurants and our lives, uh, as integrated as you know, everybody can be a, a part of it, but that was a scandalous act for Jackie Robinson to take the field at that time. He endured taunts, threats to his family, threats on his life, not just that day, not just that season, but throughout his career. I will never be able to fully appreciate or understand what Jackie Robinson had to endure. But what he did, not only changed baseball or professional sports in our country, it helped change our country. And on some level, helped change our world. Our world is, has been changed forever and for the better because of the work that Jackie Robinson did. And we are in his debt to this day. Who knows? It could be that you were born for a moment such as this. Now, it was about one month after that day, that April 15th, that Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, that uh, he was playing, uh, the, the Dodgers were playing the, the Cincinnati Reds. And the Reds fans were just riding Jackie hard. Jackie was out at, went out to first base, and it was more threats and more taunts, more racial epithets, and he was just getting, he was just getting skewered, and, and the crowd was so loud. Pee Wee Reese, the all-star shortstop for the Dodgers, a, a, a teammate of Jackie Robinson's, left his spot at shortstop before the inning started and put his arm around Jackie. And the noise of the crowd just fell. And that moment is immortalized in this statue that's, that stands in Brooklyn uh, at this time to this day. A moment of solidarity and of friendship. A symbol, symbol of being teammates and being a part of the same team. Who knows? Maybe you were born for a moment such as this. Last week, uh, Saturday, was the, was the uh, state wrestling uh, championships. And uh, there was all kinds of kids, their dreams are coming true, and it was in the 220-pound class that a, a young man uh, by the name of Braden Weber from Becker, Minnesota, was wrestling. And he got pinned, and after he got pinned, he got up and he was walking off the mat. He collapsed. Face first. His heart had stopped. 
He had stopped breathing. He was beginning to turn purple. And honestly, as a, as a dad of high school athletes, I can't imagine what it would be to see one of my own kids or any child, any kid, any athlete have to experience that. I would, be, I would feel so helpless. But he went down, and right away, a woman who was sitting right near the mat sprung into action and started doing CPR, and other health professionals and and first responders surrounded the kid. And for several scary minutes, he was there on the mat, and then he revived. They put him on the stretcher, and if you look at this picture, you can kind of see him on the stretcher giving the thumbs up as they're taking him off, off the mat and out of the arena. I read several news stories. I was trying to find the names of the people who helped this, this young man. Couldn't find their names anywhere. They're like these unnamed heroes in our midst. Who knows? It could be that you were born for a moment such as this. In our story today in our soap opera-like story of the dice of our lives of Esther. We catch up with our heroes, Esther and Mordecai. Esther concealed her Jewish identity, kind of went undercover, and then fell into favor with the king of Persia. And the king was absolutely smitten with her and makes her the queen of Persia. Doesn't know that she's about her Jewish background. Her stepdad, kind of her, not a stepdad, but more of an adoptive father, a person who helped raise her and take care of her, is a guy named Mordecai. Mordecai was not in the palace, was not a part of the palace culture there. He was on the outside. Now, Haman is the second in command to the king. He's the evil. He's the guy. He's the villain in our soap opera, and he was walking about. Now, whenever you see Haman, whenever you see this guy, you are supposed to kneel, you are supposed to bow, you are supposed to show respect. But Mordecai, Esther's stepdad, can't stand that guy. He's like, ah, no, I'm not going to bow to that guy. I'm not kneeling to that guy. And he doesn't. And Haman just can't even take it. He gets so mad that this guy is disrespecting him. That he says, he finds out that, this, that, 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 he, that Mordecai is Jewish, so he makes a plan to kill all of the Jews. It's ethnic cleansing, it is genocide, and he is going to just not just get this one guy, he's going to take care of everyone that he knows, everyone that he's connected to. And just because he can, well, when are we going to start this, this, this killing? Takes the dice, throws the dice. And it lands on a certain number, and he goes, that's when we're going to do it. These are the dice of our lives. He gets the date. Well, word leaks, and Mordecai finds out that they're going to kill all of the Jews. They're going to kill everyone that Esther knows, and Mordecai knows, all of their family, all of their community, all of their people. And Mordecai sends word to Esther and says, you've got to do something about this. But Esther can't just go and approach the, the king don't work like that. He, she has to be summoned to see the king. She just, if she just goes and approaches the king, well, he could have her put to death. She is at a loss. She doesn't 
know what to do. Mordecai then sends a word and says, who knows? It could be that you became queen of Persia for a moment, such as this. Who knows? Maybe you were born for a moment, such as this. What becomes of Esther and Mordecai? It doesn't look good. And this is our cliffhanger in our story today. Because every soap opera needs a good cliffhanger. But when I think about it, I, I can't imagine that Esther, Mordecai, or those unnamed first responders at the wrestling meet, or Jackie Robinson, or Pee Wee Reese, I can't imagine that any of them felt ready. I can't imagine that any of them felt like they were the right person for the moment that they found themselves in. I can't imagine that any of them felt like the right person for the job. I can't imagine that they felt scared, that they felt full of, of doubt, of self-doubt, like they, didn't, like they were unprepared or ill-equipped or, or just completely out of their element for what they were supposed to be doing. Now, that much I can relate to. I can relate to, what about you? I mean, what's the moment that you find yourself in now? I think we can look culturally as a society and we can look at the moment that we're in and we don't need to look any further than the news of our day and we see a global pandemic developing. We see global climate change and gun violence and, 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 and political divisions that are just absolutely fracturing households and our society and this, this divisiveness doesn't seem like we, there's going to be any end in sight anytime soon. It just seems to get worse and worse. And all of these problems can seem so far beyond us, anything that we can, we can even begin to deal with. And then there's the, the situation that we have, situations that we find all the time in our own lives. As we look in the mirror, the moments that we find ourselves in, whether it's it could have to do with a troubled relationship or, or your health or the health of somebody that you love. It could have to do with a job or school or, or finances. What is it for you? What is it for you? What is that moment for you that, where, where you feel concern, where you feel a, 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 some sort of call to act that you feel compelled to act, but don't actually think that you have what it takes in the moment. What I want to say and what I want to encourage you to understand is that God has been at work in your life and God has been preparing you for a moment such as this. God has been working through you and around you and the people that are around you. God's been working through the people. Think about all these people in your life, going back as far as you can remember. Think about friends and neighbors, aunts and uncles and moms, dads, grandparents, uh, school teachers and, 
and, and Sunday school teachers and guides and mentors, coworkers, people who have just invested in you. They've poured into you. They have, they have blessed you. They've helped you to grow. They've changed and encouraged you to move forward. These people believe in you. God believes in you. It could be that they have been preparing you for a moment such as this. A little while, just earlier, we went around the room and we wrote names of situations, moments that we find ourselves in, places that in our lives that need a little extra care and concern, and then we took these ribbons and we put them on the cross. And maybe you wrote that down. Right? Maybe you wrote it down. Maybe it's just uh, remains silent on, on your heart, but weighing heavily on your heart. What I want to say today is that my prayer, my prayer for all of us today, is for courage. Courage to speak, courage to act, courage to face these situations and moments that you find yourself in. Courage to face those situations that you haven't even begun to name yet, that that's so far down the path that you don't even know about yet, but courage to face those when they emerge. God is at work in our world. God is at work in our lives. And who knows? Who knows? It could be that you were born for a moment such as this. Will you pray with me? Maybe you were born for a moment uh, such as this. It was, uh, it was April 15th, 1947. Brooklyn Dodgers uh, took the field at the very beginning of their, of their baseball season, and as they took the field, it was uh, something different happened. And for the first time, an African-American joined the team as a member of the team, joined the field as a, as a member of, of, of the team was Jackie Robinson. And that was the day that he famously broke the color barrier in, in baseball. And it's, it was an act uh, to having an integrated baseball team is something we don't even think of today. I mean, it's just not even on our, our radar to have an integrated uh, a sports team or, or restaurant or, or schools or all the different areas that, that were there. But then it was... It was, a, uh, it, was, it was a scandalous moment. And, and, and Jackie Robinson, he did this, and it was an act of, 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 of bravery just to be able to take the, take the field. He endured taunts and threats to his family, threats on his life, not just on that day, not just in that season, but throughout his career, every time he took the field for having the audacity to do the thing that he was gifted to do. But he did it. And he changed Major League Baseball. He changed professional sports in our country. He changed our country. In many ways, he changed our world. He changed it forever and for the better. And I'm here, I, I, I want to tell you, I, I just will never, I will never be able to understand or fully appreciate, it, appreciate what he had to go through in order to make this change. 
And we are all just forever in his, in his debt for what he was able to do and the sacrifice he was able to do and the bravery with which he did it and the class which with, the, with which he, he was able to, to make this happen. Who knows? Could be that you were born for a moment such as this. About a month later, after Jackie Robinson had had, had that first game, he was, uh, they were, the Brooklyn Dodgers were playing the Cincinnati Reds, and the Reds fans were just laying into Jackie. He got this everywhere he went, but it was particularly bad that day with, uh, with the racist taunts and epithets and, and just all of the, dip, uh, the, the screaming and, and vitriol that he was enduring. He took the field, he was at first base, and before the inning started, uh, famously Pee Wee Reese, who was the all-star shortstop for, for the Dodgers and a teammate of Jackie Robinson's, uh, with all that screaming going on, Pee Wee Reese goes over to Jackie Robinson and puts his arm around him, silences the crowd in an act of friendship, solidarity, and team. This is a statue which stands in Brooklyn to this day to remind us of what that looks like. Who knows? Who knows? Could be that you were born for a moment such as this. Last week, on Saturday, the state wrestling championships took place. And all kinds of kids, their dreams coming true, being able to wrestle and compete at the state level. And there was a kid by the name of, of Braden Weber from Becker, Minnesota, and he was wrestling, and his dream was also coming true. And unfortunately, he lost. He got pinned, and then he got up, and as he started walking off the mat, he, he collapsed. His heart had stopped beating, he had stopped breathing. He had started to change colors. Now, as I am a a dad of of kids in high school sports, if I was in the stands, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like to see my kid, to see any kid have to endure, to see that happen. I would feel so helpless, so helpless. But he went down and almost instantly there was a woman sitting near the front of the mat. She popped up and she, she just went right into action and started doing CPR. Other first responders and, 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 and health professionals just descended on this, on this kid on the mat and they worked with him and after several scary minutes, he was revived. And they put him on a stretcher and as they, they were wheeling him out, you can kind of see his hand right up there in the middle, he's giving the thumbs up. From what I understand, he's doing well today. And they're trying to figure out, trying to figure out, you know, what caused this event to happen. But he was revived and he is, he is definitely on, on the mend. And I read several news stories and I was trying to figure out who was this person, like, or these people. I wanted to know the names of some of these, these first responders. I wanted to figure out who they were, but I couldn't find any article that gave, actually gave me the names and so I just think about those, those first responders, those people who spring into action in moments like this, those unnamed heroes in our midst. Who knows? Who knows? 
Could be that you were born for a moment such as this. Today we also hear the story of our heroes, Esther and Mordecai. Esther, as you know, has concealed her Jewish identity and she ended up getting the favor of of the king of Persia. This dude was smitten with Esther and so he makes her his queen. He makes her the, the queen of Persia. Her her, her kind of her, her adopted dad, the guy who raised her like his own daughter, was a guy by the name of Mordecai. And Mordecai, also Jewish, was living in the city around the palace. And Haman, who is the number two in charge behind, you know, next to the king, was out walking around. And any time that he would be out walking in public, if you saw Haman as the number two in command of the Persian Empire, You had to kneel, you had to bow, you had to show your respect. But Mordecai was having none of that. He couldn't stand that guy's face. He didn't want to see him, and so he refused to bow. Refused. Haman sees that Mordecai doesn't bow, and he says, I'm going to make him pay. And rather than just killing Mordecai, he finds out that he's Jewish, and he says, I'm going to kill all the Jewish people. And so he plans this genocide, he plans this, this ethnic cleansing, and he goes back to his palace, and just to be arbitrary, and just because he can, he takes some dice to figure out, and he rolls the dice to figure out when I'm going to do this. Just makes a game of it. Throws the dice. These are the dice of our lives, right? So he throws the dice. He figures out this is the day that the killing's going to take place. Word leaks. Mordecai finds out, and he's terrified, and he sends word to Esther inside the palace and says, you got to do something. Well, Esther, she can't, do, she can't do much. I mean, you can't even approach the king. Not even if you are the queen of Persia. You cannot approach the king uninvited or you can be put to death. She doesn't know how she's going to do, she, do this. She doesn't know what she's going to do. She knows she has to do something. And Mordecai sends those words to Esther and says, who knows? It could be that you became queen of Persia for a moment such as this. Where does the story go for our heroes, Esther and Mordecai? You'll have to stay tuned for next week. This is our cliffhanger. Every good soap opera has a cliffhanger, right? But for now, I I can't imagine... I can't imagine that Esther or Mordecai or those unnamed first responders or Pee Wee Reese or Jackie Robinson, I can't imagine that any of them were ready for this. I don't know that any of them felt ready. I don't think any of them felt ready for this this moment that they found themselves in. I don't know that any of them felt like they were exactly the right person for the job. I can imagine that they felt scared, that somewhere in the middle of it they were doubting themselves, that they felt ill-prepared, under-equipped. All of that, I can imagine all of that happening at once as they found themselves in this moment. And that I can relate to. Am I alone in this? When you find yourself in that moment, how do we respond? 
And maybe what moment are you finding yourself in right now? Maybe what we need to do is kind of step back and look at the moment that we find ourselves in as a shared society. I mean, we are in this moment of a looming global pandemic, of climate change, of gun violence. We find ourselves in, in, in a moment of, of just political vitriol and division, this divisiveness that's just fracturing households, fracturing communities, and it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight, and all of these things just feel so much bigger than anything that I can deal with. I'm just one person. And this is the cultural moment we find ourselves in, but maybe you're finding yourself in a moment that's a time of personal crisis. Maybe that has, maybe it has to do with... Uh, Maybe it has to do with a, a relationship with a loved one or the health of a loved one. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it has to do with your job. Maybe it has to do with school. Maybe it has to do with finances. But what is it for you right now as you, as you sit here today? What is the moment that you find yourself in? And maybe you're feeling afraid, completely natural. Maybe you're, you're, you're feeling uh, like, like you don't have what it takes. Doubting your abilities, also com- completely natural. But what I want you to know about is that, that God has been at work in your life. Throughout your life, God is at work with you now. And it could be that God has prepared you for this very moment. I mean, think about all of those people who have poured into you. I was talking about my old gym teachers and all of that, and and they're part of the story for me. But you have all kinds of people, we all do, who have poured into you throughout your life. They They are teachers at school, teachers in Sunday school. Maybe they are friends or neighbors or moms and dads and aunts and uncles, grandparents, mentors, guides, all of these people who have poured into you, who have invested in you, who have cared for you. These are the people who have helped you to grow, who have challenged you and have changed you, who have blessed you. These are people who believe in you. God has worked through them. These are people who believe in you and God believes in you. And they have prepared you for a moment such as this. Earlier, I, I had you write whatever that moment is or whatever that thing is or that crisis that you're experiencing. Write it down on, on, on a ribbon and to place it on, on the cross. What your prayer is, the thing that you're, you're facing at this, this moment. And maybe you wrote it down. Or maybe it stays on your heart and it's, it's weighing on your heart as we sit here today. But what I want you to know is that my prayer for us, my prayer for you, my prayer for our community, for this community here, is for courage. Courage to speak, courage to act, courage to face the situation that you've named, 
courage to face the thing that's down the road that you haven't even got to yet. You don't even know about it yet, but it's there. And as you continue in your journey, it'll present itself. Courage to, to face that. Because here's what I know. God is at work in our world. God is at work in your life. God has been at work with all those people who have poured into you. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe you were born for a moment such as this.